You're listening to the New Century Multiverse, the Cartographer's Handbook, Remastered. Section 8. Duties as a Cartographer This is where you, the cartographers, as well as the assembled military ranks of the reunified States of America, come into play. With lines of communication cut between the myriad scattered settlements, we must work our hardest to re-establish that contact. Your duties as a cartographer are manifold. Traverse the distance between settlements. Map out the region, noting infestations. Make contact with each new community you locate. Recruit new members to the armed forces. Deal with smaller numbers of Wendigos. Make safe and reclaim the domiciles, farms, and towns. Broker negotiations with possible secessionists. And install telegraph communications. Let us look at each duty in turn. Traversal What were once relatively safe routes from place to place have now become uncertain territories. Each scouting party heads up a wagon train of supplies with an army escort. You will consult existing maps and investigate previously inhabited areas to reassess the landscape and take appropriate action. Scouts will typically ride several miles ahead to detect dangerous situations, and if need be report back to the main unit if mobilization for attack, defense, or withdrawal is required. Mapping our entire campaign is based on information, and the maps that you construct will allow us an overview of every region. We will need to know the approximate human population, and of any Wendigo infestations too large to be handled by the main unit. Also topographical assessments like fallen bridges, flooded areas, and quarantine zones. Most importantly, Encountering those hostile to the reunified government is a deeply serious matter and must be handled with grave and steely resolve. If you come across a larger uprising, then military reinforcements may well be required. Contact When you find a settlement, you may be the first government agent they have met since the outbreaks. Even a small farm can make for a key outpost for defense, supplies, or recuperation. At this point, I must remind you that the people we are greeting may have been holding out for eleven years. They will in all likelihood not even have heard Washington was reclaimed, or the magnitude of the campaign that is now underway. To many of them, it will feel as though their government abandoned its people. As unsettling as this sounds, there is more than a grain of truth to it. We did focus on taking back Washington over the rest of the country. We took many years to muster the necessary forces required. Frequently you will meet those with loved ones who died waiting for help. These can be the most wearing encounters on the soul, and you must focus on the ones we can now save over the countless thousands we could not. You will need to show that we are now attempting to address our past decisions with the reunification this campaign represents, adding every new settlement's strength to the greater America. We are not raiders. Every group you meet is to be respected. 
this must not become a parade of government-sanctioned abuse. You are representatives of the reunified states, and that is an immense responsibility. Some will be on the brink of starvation. You must aid them in establishing new resources and support. This does not mean simply giving food off your wagon. It is an ongoing survival situation, and if they have lasted this long, then they already possess the wherewithal to organize a better supplied existence. They are our allies, and they are our people. Recruitment To take back the cities, we do not simply need manpower. In point of fact, we need everyone. Every single Wendigo out there regardless of their original body's classification, gender, or race, male, female, young, old, Caucasian, African, Chinese, every single one of them will pit themselves against us and fight to the death. They will spread their sickness wherever they are allowed to survive. Quite simply, every able body capable of lending a hand in the fight has a duty and must be given the opportunity to do so. This has been one of the hardest aspects for some settlements to comprehend. Some were lucky enough to be able to carry on much as they had before the Wendigo emerged, with men and women performing the same hunting, cooking, cleaning and agricultural tasks as before. Now we are placing sabers and rifles in the hands of school moms, negroes, Chinamen, children as young as ten. If they can fire with some degree of accuracy, then why should they not be granted the role of riflemen? A key aspect of our survival is adaptability. If we fail to adapt to this newfound situation, bury our heads in the sand like the ostrich, if we cling to tradition and cultural persuasion as though it is the only form of existence, then that existence will be short-lived. Women must fight. Children must help. Former plantation owners must stand beside their former property in the same uniforms. Only with the dedication of the entire American populace can we succeed. Not everyone must fight all of the time. Agriculture, raising livestock and the mass production of easy-to-transport food and supplies are absolutely essential for feeding and sustaining the country. Experienced farmers are a precious resource and can perform duties that save thousands of lives, not to mention the amassed ranks of medical practitioners required for such a war. Children and those physically unable to fight can still serve in factories, crafting the munitions, weapons, clothing and equipment for the army. Not one person is of no use, so everyone must be located and given their task to perform. Eradication On your travels you will encounter the Wendigo constantly. It will become part of your daily life. You will never let this make you complacent or cocksure. Approach each situation with wary senses. Be ready to fight within one second every moment of the day. Do not fight more than you can handle as a unit. You heard about the damage a single Wendigo can do to even a trained military party. Understand them, and never underestimate their cunning. Reclamation 
Over time, each unit will become more accomplished at clearing out the farms, homesteads, and small townships you encounter. Each becomes an outpost and goes on the map. We can win this fight if every resource is accounted for and safe areas are clearly accessible and readily defensible. The amount of supplies that could be salvaged varies greatly with each domicile, but virtually everything can be used to further these efforts. Food can be stored appropriately and used to feed our troops and workers. However, we must be fair with all rationing. Every man, woman, and child must have enough to survive. Clothing can be repurposed into uniforms. As the standard blues of the Union Army is still the garb of the American soldier, many Confederate uniforms have been dyed Prussian and sky blue to match these. And other garments found can often be sent to outposts to provide necessary protection from the elements for those who have had to repair and maintain the same clothing for a decade. Gold and silver, along with all other metals, have no monetary value anymore. Now the RSA has adopted the barter system. However, they are all materials to be used in the making of weapons, uniforms and equipment for the military, along with leather for boots, belts and coats. Bear in mind that this is what we salvage from deserted domiciles. I reiterate that we are not and cannot be raiders. If people want to donate their possessions, that is the choice for them alone. We will not win this fight breaking hearts and spirits. Quite the contrary. Negotiation. As mentioned above, some will be hostile. I will not be facetious with the truth. In this line of work, you will be shot at. It is your duty to respond rationally and proportionally. If you cannot bring them in or persuade them to lay down arms through negotiations or a relatively non-fatal firefight, then reinforcements may be necessary. Remember, every man you kill is one less soldier by your side when we take the cities. Many will not see the essential nature of our national cooperation. They will cling to independence and survival of the fittest. This is understandable after years of having to make do on their own. Couple this, however, with eleven Confederate states bearing deep scars and resentment, mourning fathers and brothers, perceiving their property, land, and let us not forget, slaves to have been taken from them, then left to their own devices. And you have a very distinct possibility of a forceful coalition in opposition to the reunified states. You will find hate, burning prejudice, and resistance to change that borders on self-destruction. These are all aspects of human existence that must be dealt with carefully and accordingly with both patience and stern resolve. You must be ready to kill, but conversely you must always be looking to spare the lives of those who threaten our campaign. We cannot win this fight if we destroy ourselves in the process. This, of course, also means brokering accords with the natives of this land, the American Indian. In an occurrence of supreme irony, the families we considered savage for centuries and have been engaged in bitter territorial warfare with now stand as either deadly enemies or powerful allies against the true savages.
This may turn the stomachs of many who read it, but I implore you to consider the broader canvas. When the Wendigo first emerged, and the white settlers fled their cities, they found themselves in similar nomadic circumstances to the native people, living off the land and defending themselves against attack on a regular basis. We were at our weakest. A unified effort on the parts of the many tribal peoples could easily have wiped us off the map of the East. But they did not do this. They largely left us alone and defended their own borders, adapting to this new enemy. It is time for us to live and indeed fight side by side. If reasoned with carefully, even the most aggressive of tribes will see the benefit of not leaving their Caucasian neighbors to be turned by the Wendigo swarm, and should, if they are shrewd warriors, aid us in pushing back the tide. Communication Finally, a major advantage that, if implemented properly, will win us this war. The system of telegraph lines established in America from 1844 through to the early 1870s has been damaged and left in disrepair in many areas, blocking communication over wide distances. If we are to succeed, we must be able to talk with one another. One of the teams being escorted by every army unit will be dedicated to re-establishing this contact repairing the lines and setting up communication stations with every significant outpost. This will allow us to relay messages in hours rather than days or weeks, and save countless lives and resources, which would otherwise be spent engaging in dangerous and lengthy traversal. Plans are afoot to supersede this technology without the requirement of wiring. When this is achieved, we shall truly have the upper hand, on our primitive, animalistic foe. Duties as a Soldier The duties of the army are less complex, but absolutely vital for the fight. Without these men and women, our species has already lost. Train new recruits. Deal with larger groups of Wendigos. Make safe and reclaim the cities. Eradicate domestic enemies to quell uprising. Training all new recruits will need to be fully schooled in the dispatching of the Wendigo and the Secessionist, two very different forms of battle. Both are as serious and necessary to our nation's future as any armed conflict you could cite from mankind's history. There will be weapon and tactical specialization based on aptitude and ability. These will not be disposable troops, the common label of the farmer with the rifle. They must instead be sharp-eyed marksmen, efficient killers with blade and club, capable of survival at the toughest of times when most men would break. They face an enemy that the world has not seen before, and only by being the best at doing precisely this will humanity persist. Many newcomers will have been hardened by years of survival and will understand the nature of these creatures already. Even before the Wendigo surfaced, our nation had to live through difficult and trying times. Some will be veterans of the Civil War, now tempered by the same years of survival. They are to be afforded yet more respect for offering up their lives for their country, their God and their families. Not once, but twice. And this next part I must make plain. 
This conflict, I say again, defies politics and ideology. We will not judge or condemn, but thank all who step up to the line, whichever side they fought on. We are all to be brothers once again, and this time it shall be beside one another. Eradication The Wendigo must be destroyed. It is that simple. Our army is the force we will use to achieve this. Our support networks will be what keep everyone alive while this is achieved. Reclamation As with the District of Columbia, so shall it eventually be with every other city in the RSA. Over the next few years, we aim to spread out over the eastern states and establish lines of communication, safe areas, newly inhabitable towns, farmlands, factories, defensible forts, and chains of supply to maintain our military, industrial, and agricultural contingents. As we go, we will recruit more and more people to the reunified states. We will spread that most precious of commodities, genuine hope for the future, among them, and they will fight all the fiercer. The cities will be cleared, the countryside scoured, and eventually, life, human life, will return. At present, the established order for taking back the major cities begins with Baltimore, the neighbor to the east of D.C. From there we will head south, freeing Atlanta, to prove that this is an America for all of us, not just those who sided with the Union. Nashville will follow, then New Orleans, Kansas City, St. Louis, Chicago, and Milwaukee. In the north, we will take back Ohio, with Columbus, Cleveland, and Cincinnati, followed by Detroit. The final push will be east towards the coast of Maine, moving through Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, New York, Brooklyn, Newark, and Buffalo, until finally only Boston remains. This will be one of the hardest periods with the most densely packed and dangerous areas. But we will push and push, and continue to do so until we drive the Wendigo into the Atlantic Ocean. It will be many years before we can watch the sunrise in Boston, but when we do, this nation will truly be able to call itself free, and we will have done so with the greatest that mankind has to offer. Quelling Secession, in this case, is even more of a serious matter than throughout the Civil War. While the fiercely sought independence many of our detractors hold to may be admirable in certain lights, what they are plainly saying with this rebellion is the following. I will not join the fight to save America from the Wendigo. I will murder any man who tries to make me. These are people who may see absolute validity in their reasons for fighting us, but we cannot allow them to take even one soldier from our ranks, either on ideological grounds or through a criminal act of murder. If these people are left to their own devices, their self-centered plan for their own continued existence will spread to others, and it will lead everyone who follows it to a horrifying end by tooth and claw, as the ratio of humans to wendigos in their region 
tips inexorably away from humanity. Those who are turned maintain their opposition to us, but in doing so become creatures that can turn others, and in this an all too obvious pattern is formed. Both Wendigos and secessionists are now beings whose existence in a closed system, separate from our own, will be quite acceptable, making them harmless to the human race. But in today's landscape, given our do-or-die campaign of every man, woman, and child in America pitted against every Wendigo inhabiting our land, they represent infectious clusters that will weaken our abilities to respond. Therefore, secession that cannot be resolved with fair negotiation must be met with swift, unyielding force until it, like the Wendigo, is eradicated. You have been listening to Section 8 of the Cartographer's Handbook, Duties as a Cartographer, written by Alexander Shaw. Thomas W. Arlington, performed by Alex Shaw. Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Morning Song and Dreams Become Real, composed and performed by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon. Our $15 patrons get sponsor credit every episode, so thank you to Joel Robinson, Benjamin Biddle, Abel Savard, Michael Hasco, Connor Kennedy, Brian Novak, Evan Jankowski, Sarah Montgomery, Dan Hepner, Johan Clayson, Tyler Long, Joe Gasiga, Greg Downing, Tim Rosinski, Christopher Wolfe, Kat Esman, Cassandra Newman, Timothy Green, Matthew A. Siebert, Joseph Gluck, Luke Hatfield, Nick Ord, Duran Barnett, Tom Painter, Finbar Nicole, Jameis Enright, Mark Luksch, Dan Mayer, Joe Crow, Chris Finnick, Toby Jungius, Dave Hickman, Aaron Lecluse, Kieran Dashler, and Lorraine Chesham. <laughs>